So we're rolling. Cool. We are live. This is your Doing It Wrong with Mark Henderson Leary. My name is Mark, and I have a passion that you should feel in control of your life. And so what I do is I help you get control of your business. And part of how I do that is by letting you listen in on a conversation between two people who have a passion for entrepreneurship. But this time, they're talking about something you already know a little something about, but they're digging in and getting into the details so you can start to unlock those po- those spots where you're stuck and you can break through those ceilings in your business and ultimately in your life. Before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe and share the information because those people who don't get access to this will not get the benefit of it. So please give us your feedback along the way and share with your friends and family and, uh, and their pets. So let's dive in and get into this topic. I'm excited to talk to Dave Ruel, who is the founder of Epic, and more importantly to me, the author of this wonderful book, Done by Noon, talking about uh, how to achieve more by noon than other entrepreneurs do in a full day. Welcome, Dave. Mark, I love that intro. I love it. I love the energy. Damn, I got you on video, so you might hear the audio, but I see you, and I love that. I love that. Well, I'm exhausted, so I'm going to take a nap now. COVID. COVID. Everything, you blame everything on COVID. Something's going right, COVID. Something's going wrong, COVID. That's fine. Well, man, uh, what did you get? It's, it's afternoon. At least, what time zone are you in? Actually, I said I don't know what time you're in. I, I mean, so I'm in the Atlantic time zone, which is Eastern plus one. I'm on the East Coast, the uh, Canadian East Coast in New Brunswick. So it's oh, after two for you. It is 3.13 as we record it. So I'm not done so by two, noon oh, today. Okay. No, yeah. okay. So oh, oh, this would be your, so this would be part of your work. You would normally expect to be done by this. Okay. <laughs> The title, the title is always deceiving. To me, pod, podcasting to me is fun. So to I me, it's, it. you know, it's 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 what I do after I've done like the hard stuff. So, yep. um, so so done by noon. You're working a long day today. You know, double pulling a double. We call in the restaurant business. You're working a double, and uh, and working out until you know three p.m. in the afternoon. What what do you what do you do by noon? No, you know, it, it, that's that's funny because I tell them like everybody gets excited about the title. It's like the four-hour work week until you realize that it's not really about being done by noon. It's understanding, you know, really like the book talks about productivity, but really how to prioritize what you should be prioritizing in your business. And we're, we're talking mostly with you entrepreneurs that, you know, you know, when you start a business, you start it as usually a solo endeavor. So, you know, you're the visionary and, you know, we, we're going to use some, some EOS lingo here, Mark, but, you know, you're the visionary you're the integrator you're a little bit of everything right and now you have to become an entrepreneur you have to actually train do the workout that's going to make you know make you become an entrepreneur because what i feel like is like nowadays everybody calls themselves entrepreneurs before they actually have achieved you know anything and the reality is that you know it's not going to the gym once that's going to make you an athlete Right. So now the the key is that you need to learn how to behave and how to prioritize and how to, you know, manage your like exactly like you do at EOS, Mark, like your vision, what, what you know, where you're going, understanding, you know, how you what you should prioritize in your days, because you usually like when you start and when, when you face, you know, a, 
a big workload. It's just a big pile of tasks. So how do you decide? How do you decide which which one are uh, which ones are important? Which ones are going to move the needle? Which ones you're doing too much of that you shouldn't be doing? And you should start, you know, uh, onboarding new people in your business. So, so, so how do you do that? Because I, you know, in your book, you you talk about you know, Stephen Covey's famous example, rocks and yeah. EOS. When we're working with same the leadership thing. team and the same the set of goals for the entire organization, mm-hmm. you know, you got to prioritize with the method. But your system is really targeted at the individual, Correct. and so you're just this is one person trying to make sense of their day. How does somebody start? Yeah, so it's, it's a personal productivity uh, methodology, and I, it, it really ties into EOS, you know, what you do, guys do on, on a greater scale. But, you know, um, so the way you start, I think every, every entrepreneur starts, so we, who would read the book, is that they come to a place where they like their day-to-day life is not what they envisioned you know when they 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 got started in the first place so i think all entrepreneurs are driven by one thing and that thing is freedom and especially like freedom at large but there's three freedoms that i think all entrepreneurs want one is time freedom so time freedom is pretty much like entrepreneurs start a business because they they want to do things when they want there's um financial freedom so obviously they want to make you know they want to be paid doing what they like what they love what they're great at but the most important one and i think this is when this is what you see in most most entrepreneurs is that one freedom of creation they want to create what they want but eventually as they get busy as as business you know business happens and life happens too in parallel or not in really in parallel you know within your 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 day-to-day life um you start doing things that is not near what you should be doing or you drift away from what you made you great in the first place and what we want to do is having a a system a set of systems if you want to reconnect you to what you should be doing in your business so prioritize the right things you should be working on and and showing you how to plan that and protect that structure as well on the long term so you know in order to get started, I would say it's it's you need to feel the first I would say entrepreneurial pain point that you're going to face is that learning to become having the need to learn, be, uh, you know, an entrepreneur or let's say behave like an entrepreneur because you have lost control of your workload, you have lost control of your so your workload. You start you stop taking care of yourself because you're working. You know, you you just keep on working all the time and you stop. You know, you become your bit, your main bottleneck. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want to step over that because I think what, what you're describing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the uh, people lose sight of their boundary of their, their best life when they take the, the badge of courage, the badge <laughs> of entrepreneurship as um, – you, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to to work a million hours. You're supposed to go pretty extreme, and you're, there needs to be some degree of suffering in your life as an entrepreneur. Otherwise, you're lazy or or something. Is 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 that? Do you find people stuck there with a lack of willingness to sort of admit that it's okay to take care of yourself? Yeah, I, I think you know. I think it's part of not knowing how to operate. You know, not knowing what to do when it happens because no one teaches you that. You know, you're not you're not being thought it's school you know how to become an entrepreneur like that's that you figure it out as you go and and you know the 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 entrepreneurial culture um you know promotes that they promote uh it promotes extreme behaviors you know the the hard work and they glorify that right and you know here's the thing work hard like working hard is a given you will need to work hard there's no such there's no shortcuts you will need to work hard 
So then people say, well, you need to work smart. Well, yes, obviously. Like, it's not smart not to work smart. So you're going to need to work hard and work smart. But the key really is to work right. So work right based on, first of all, where you want to go, what kind of output you want to, like, what you want to produce, right? What do you want out of your business? And second, it's, um, it's being responsible with your finite resources, you know, understanding that you have a limited amount of resources, your time, your energy, your attention, which are all finite for entrepreneurs, and that you're going to need to work right. You know, you're going to need to use the right amount in order to produce the right outcome. But being very clear on the outcome, you know, on, if you don't know where you're going, how, do you, how are you going to gauge, you know, the right mix of time, energy, and attention to invest into something? You know, if for you, the outcome is just as much as possible, well, guess what? You're probably going to mismanage these three uh, finite resources and you're going to end up burnt out. And, you know, being in the burnout zone is never a good place to be. You yeah, know? I, I love that. And because that reminds me of um, a, a mentor of mine one time. Um, cornered me around this, this the definition of the term discipline and I've tweaked it a little since he, he shared it but he said something he asked me what the definition of discipline was and I'll paraphrase what he said into kind of what I what I say is that discipline is the path through which success is most likely mm-hmm. or the ability to stay on the path through which success is most likely. And so what that has really taught me is that it, there is no one form of discipline. You can't just like copy like the Navy SEALs workout and call that discipline, especially if you're not trying to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> so yeah. the, the important part of the equation is just like you said, first figure out where you're going. Because if you don't know what you want, you have no way to define discipline. Discipline isn't just being mean to yourself. It's not just getting up a little earlier, eating a little less fatty food. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't matter. Like if you're trying to be a, a, um, a power lifter, eating less fatty food is actually not discipline. It's actually working against you. So you have to have that first work to, to know what definition, the definition of discipline looks like. And then you can start to build a path that says, well, this is what success looks like. This is a path. And now my discipline equals my ability to stay on that. How do you get somebody to do that? How do you, how do you paint that for somebody? That, that's, you know, that's so right, what you just said. You know, it's really discipline to stay on course. And understanding when you, because the drift will happen, right? We call that the drift. But it's, it's that the fact of going off course little by little gradually, you know, and, and until you realize that you're totally lost and you're not on the road anymore and you're in a wooded area and it's dark and it's cold and there's wolves who try to eat you and you're like, yeah, how do I get yeah. back on track, right? So it's the discipline of staying on course. And it's not always easy. Um, you know, because it's not easy being an entrepreneur, you know. So um, what we do, so the, 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 our methodology, the ethic methodology is is based on four steps. So the first one is projection. And it's a lot like, you know, EOS, what you do as well, is establishing clear vision. It's understanding, okay, well, where do I want to go ultimately? Like, what are my, we, we re-identify what are your ambitions? Because it's very important. I think we all, I think ambition appropriation is a big, big problem where we're going to look oh, at we're going to look at someone and we say, yeah. oh, this is what I need to do. Yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I corner people on that all the time. Yeah. And I'll talk to somebody at the beginning of their journey and I say, all right, what do you want from your business? And I, yeah. Man, we got to be bigger. We got to be better and louder. And, and I, oh, yeah. Is that right? Is, but it's, is not, that, it's not wrong if it's, if it's right, right for you. 
Well, well you're exactly right. You're you know exactly, what I mean? I, I can sniff it out, though, sometimes. Like, I think you might be borrowing somebody else's goals. And how I can sense that, mm-hmm. by the way, is I stop and I say, what, you know, when you were in high school, what were your objectives and goals? Yeah. And then they'll list them out. And I say, when did you knock them all out? And they'll yeah. oh, five years ago it's like okay that's what happened like you checked off all of your life goals now you're just like randomly picking them up when they're convenient and nearby mm-hmm. and so you, you have to take a step back so so what do you do with somebody in that case yeah you know it, it's understanding that i think once you know when you know that when you know what you want what's right for you and you decide that that doesn't mean that things will not evolve things change perspective will change you know there might something that can happen that might be oh well my ambitions it unlocks something and now I, I want to do this and that and that's fine. It's just staying true to that. So it's kind of the North Star. So we establish that. Um, from there, we, what we do is we establish what we call the annual guideline. So we establish five things that you want to see become a reality within the next five within the next 12 months. It's like, what do you want to see become a reality? What are the outcomes you know, that you want to see become a reality? They're not necessarily projects per se. They are really outcomes. Okay, so understanding, I would say, not on the macro level, but on the meso level, okay, this year, this is what I want to see become a reality. Based on that, now we can start building, you know, working on, on, on projects and objectives because there's four types of tasks that every single entrepreneur will, will face in their career. First of all, and that's the same ones you, um, you uh, and I can t- talk a little bit about that because there's an interesting story with the rocks, and that's why I was like sold on EOS just before, uh, actually even before implementing EOS is when I learned that you guys use the rocks too. <laughs> I was like, well, we just took it from Stephen Covey, so it was same, t- same yeah. here, same here. But I applied it differently. So the way you use rocks, and I and and Covey said that you showing how to prioritize in life. You know the priorities in life. And, but when I saw him um, do the video where he was actually demonstrating the big rocks, the small rocks, and the sand, in my head, it was like, it's, you know, it's exactly like the way I would structure a workout because I was, I was a physique athlete before I actually became an entrepreneur. Like, that's what actually that was my passion that I, that I transferred into entrepreneurship. That's worth pointing out, by the way. And I, I, mm-hmm. and I, and I regret not mentioning that in the intro for you because you, your performance uh, discipline, you know, uh, as a performance athlete, that you, that you've got some experience with that. You, you know how to push yourself hard. Yeah, because that, that's pretty much how the whole methodology started. Really, I started applying very, you know, different uh, sports performance principles to entrepreneurship to, because I needed that. You know, I realized that I was making the same mistakes I was doing in my business that I was doing when I started working out. And it was a process of learning how to do it. And, you know, obviously, you don't go work out and, and not knowing what you do. You either want to lose weight, you want to build muscle, you want to compete in, in, in a bodybuilding show, you, you you know, there's, there's different outcomes and you need to establish that. And based on that, I say, okay, well, you know, I want, let's say I want to compete in a bodybuilding show. Well, maybe this year, what I want to do is gain 10 pounds of muscle. All right. So that's going to be your, you know, your goal for the year. It's going to be, okay, okay, building 10 pounds of muscle. So from there, it's asking yourself, how do you build 10 pounds of muscle? And now you're going to, you know, create a workout program that is, you know, maybe 12 weeks and you're going to have different you know, days you're going to work special specific body parts and then you're going to have exercises a number of sets a number of reps specific movements to do and when i saw kobe's uh demonstration of the big rocks the small rocks and the sims like this is exactly the way i would structure a workout 
right? So I would have mm, yeah, my, yeah. I would have my my workload. And then I would divide it into days and I would divide it into, you know, sets and into reps and into specific movements, et cetera. Right. And I was like, this is, this is exact like that. that, It was just like, you know, light bulb moment. It was like when all the pieces fit together. I was like, this is so what's, exact- what's funny. I'm, I'm taking back to my early days, and you can tell by my massive physique that obviously <laughs> I've been lifting a lot of weights for a long time. Well, I'm, you know, 100 and some odd pounds here. Uh, so- that shape, Mark. <laughs> so, but I, I have done it, and I've experienced it. There's even weights in my garage that I use. You wouldn't, you can't tell by looking, but, but I, I do. And so, uh, I, I, in the early days of maybe 14 years old, lifting weights, wanting to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Truly, and it was well. You you do curls, right? You know, like mm-hmm. you, that's that's something that visually makes sense. You're gonna you're gonna make your biceps big by doing curls, and then and things like that, and and all oh, my calves. I'm gonna do calf raises to make my calves bigger, and then you sorry, I pull out the books, and the books are like. No, that's not how this works. You, mm-hmm. you, big, multi-complex muscle workout. You know, you're going to get your body strong. You're going to do these in big. And I'm and I'm thinking, oh, that's like the rocks, right? You got to really, you've got to get mm-hmm. the the majority of your body strong, and then you're going to polish from there. You don't start with the little fancy tricks. Yeah. You don't start with the polish. You start with a super solid foundation, and you and you go in from there. That that's what I love about that analogy is that you can apply it to so many levels in life and in business. It's, and for me, I really like. The big light bulb was that it's exactly, it applies to load management. So load management really is the ability to control your workload, you know, based on the demand and based on what you want to achieve. And, and having that structure per se, like that, that's why I started really working with my, my workload. So my rocks, my projects. Uh, with the concept of what I call buckets. So having buckets that I would fill with big rocks and with small rocks and with sand in order to understand what my, uh, you know, how to structure my projects. So the big rocks now becomes, you know, your milestones, what you want to accomplish. And then you break it down into small bite-sized actions. So, okay, you know, here's exercise or here's set number one, here's set number two, here's set number three, and you go through it, right? And, um, and what I loved about EOS is that it was pretty much the same for, you know, on on team basis where, okay, well, we're going to break it down. We're going to take a rock. We're going to apply it. And I was like, that's, that's, that's genius. It was just a perfect extension of the way I was, ma- I was, I was uh, managing my tasks. That's why I really love about, you know, about that. So back to the four types of tasks, you're going to have the rocks. So the rocks are tasks associated with projects with innovation the second types of tasks are routines so routines are repetitive tasks that are mandatory for the well for, for the operational well-being of your company so things that you need to perform in order for, for your business to perform you know properly okay and and every single businesses have that the problem like often we tend to do that you know, they, they become a little bit heavy to carry. And because we're entrepreneurs and we usually we're the ones, you know, performing these tasks, we have a very hard time delegating, right? So the reality is that routines need to be turned into processes and into procedures in order to delegate, outsource and automate, you know, a lot better. So we cover, we cover that. So these two types of tasks are what we call the power moves. These are the two types of tasks that are really going to move the needle in your business. You know, these the rocks and routines, the rocks and the routines. Exactly. And the two types of tasks, and we divide them by, um, by impact and effort. So understanding that they have, you know, these tasks have, you know, the power moves have obviously high impact. 
Then you have the other types of tasks that are the reactive tasks. So those are all the byproducts of your business activities, the tasks that and you know that end up on your lap on your to-do list, but you didn't, you know, even though you were very proactive with your planification, this still happened, and you're gonna end up with a big pile of them. So we these are uh, uh, this is the third type of task, and the fourth type of task are the responsive tasks. So those are all associated with you know res- communications, re- uh, responding, and and answering to like emails, communications, uh, um, uh, team communication, uh, meetings, etc., etc. Right. So you're gonna have. Can you still hear me well, Mike? Okay. Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, so these two types of tasks we call that the drifters. Meaning, like, okay, th- you will have to mm. perform these tasks on a daily basis. Like, you know, you're gonna have meetings. You're gonna have calls. You're gonna have emails. You're gonna have internal communication. You're gonna have reactive tasks that are byproducts of your business activities. It's how you address them that's gonna make you either drift or stay on course, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're the ones like they. When you think about it, they have to be performed. But do are these tasks really that impactful? Are these tasks really the ones you should spend most of your day? working on and that's the thing when you know you go when you you become overwhelmed and busy and and you're hitting the ceiling and i really like that you said that is that when you hit the ceiling well guess what if they keep coming back you're going to attend based on you know you're going to become reactive to your business you know it's like that that's why in the book we talk about the eisenhower matrix which is not a bad concept you know in principle but the problem is that it bases the the decision making on urgency and importance the problem is when you're on the fire when your your <laughs> your bucket is full well guess what everything becomes an emergency and it, and and is important and i think entrepreneurs are not necessarily equipped to understand what it is if it's so really it's, important i want to unpack origin. that a little bit so you, you talk about the matrix is that you're talking about not the movie you're talking about like the uh, <laughs> stephen covey's quadrants no the heisenhower matrix okay so what is that i don't i don't i don't know so, about that so i don't know like so basically like it's Understanding what's urgent and what's important. So it's a quadrant where you know all the tasks are. are um, let me pull that up in the book. That are um, classified between you know importance and urgency. Mm-hmm. And pretty yeah. much when it's urgent and important, the quadrant says do it now. The problem is that entrepreneurs by default put all their ta- all their yeah, tasks into the do it sure. now. You know, yeah, that's right. Task right, and that's the problem. I think I think you know because we don't really know what to prioritize. It's like okay, well, it just becomes that because oh, I feel like I feel like it's important, but is it really that important? Right? Is it really so? Uh, that's why we we look we we have the impact matrix that really classifies the four types of tasks. So you can see actually, okay, well, these are important, but these are what types of tasks you know take more energy, are going to need more effort, and which ones you know don't. Right? The reactive tasks by default are going to be more you're going to require more effort, right? Because you're dealing with the unknown most of the time. Right. Versus when you look at communications at, at responsive tasks, you can easily create processes in order to improve that. Right. So it, it, these are the, 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 the smartest or first thing that you should be doing is looking at the reactive tasks and turn them into routines. Right. So becoming so that these um, these types of tasks become actually impactful tasks and uh, become become mm. routines. And you see oh, that yeah. with meetings, for example. I think EOS, you do that with uh, what's, the, what's the framework again you use for, for meetings? 
Well, so we have the meeting pulse, which involves the two-day annual. Uh, the but the, 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 the weekly ones. The weekly, that's the weekly level 10. The level 10. There you go. So, for example, say I could have multiple meetings through the week, but I can condense that into one meeting a week, for example, with the right structure and then the right system after that in order to take care of the tasks right so that's that's a that's a that for oh yeah it does that super well on on the on the greater scale is that how do you take a series of small of of small meetings or communication that could be highly disruptive and 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 take you away from from growth into something that is standardized and something that can be optimized right yeah, so I like what you're saying so because I think what happens and and I, even your, your terminology tells a story if you do good work with rocks and routines you're something's gonna happen right well, <laughs> so you wrote, I'm, I, I'm gonna call my customers cool I left like 10 voicemails well some of them are gonna call back right <laughs> right so then what and then and then if you do good work and outbound and you and you hire and oh, I'm gonna place an ad that's my that's my rock I got to get a person hired well I now I've got a hundred applications mm-hmm. so when you do things things happen in response to that and if you don't if you're not ready for that and if you don't have mm-hmm. a, a process and in your word you know routines for like oh my gosh what am I gonna do with all those resumes what am I gonna do with that it's going to fl- flip you lopsided lopsided back over again the pendulum swings the other way I did all the stuff that Stephen Covey said it was important I'm supposed to do it now everything seems super urgent again and now I just got to go back to the putting the fires out so yeah how do you help size that is there's a process a routine in and of itself to sort of to, to make sense of that yeah but first of all it's understanding like you know what your what's your situation right now so understanding where do you spend your time right so we what we always say spend a week and document you know your week understand what you're spending your time on. From there, once you understand the four types of tasks, understanding how much time do I spend on, you know, this type of task and this. So what you, so here's what's going to happen is that you're going to realize that first of all, one, you're spending a lot of time at the bottom of the quadrant where you just spend a lot of time drifting because you just like your meetings are not optimized, your communications are not optimized, but also you're reacting to your business. You know, you're not proactive because you're just reacting to your business activities. Then you're going to spend quite a bit of time. If you go into the power moves, you're going to spend a lot of time in more time in routines because these are mandatory for the well-being, operational well-being of the company. So you're going to still, you know, do these things, right? You're going to perform these tasks. What are you going to realize that you're going to stop innovating. You're going to stop working or you're not going to work as much on what you should be working on. You know, the rocks, the big things that are really going to move the needle that require, you know, obviously um, a little bit more, I would say, effort because when you're building something it, it takes it takes a little bit more effort but that's the thing that we that's the type of task that we neglect when we get too busy because we're just too busy taking care of something else so the, the, the of, of other tasks so what you have to do is understanding that there needs to be a plan in place and there needs to be some mandatory tasks that take place every day so curving uh carving out you know blocks of time every day to work on rocks work on what's going to make you you know successful in the long term the things that are really going to move the needle and it's part of the being consistent with that it's not just batching 100 percent and and just focusing savagely on just 
you know, one day a week on your projects, I, I think the key is like to understand that you're going to have these ta- types of tasks to perform on a daily basis and, uh, and build, building consistency, you know, and based on that, when you do that, it's looking at, okay, my routines, do, how much time do I spend on that? Can they be optimized? You know, do I have processes in place? Do I have procedures, you know, to back these processes? And do I have the right people, you know, or the right help? You know, some things can be automated. I mean, we live in an, in an era now where there's automation tools popping up every day, you know, where you could actually benefit from that. Do you, you have the opportunity to outsource to very competent people? You know, we venture too far from our really you know, or our superpower of our power zone, you know, our zone of genius, because we're just telling like, hey, I'm just going to do it. I don't have time to hire. How much time? How many times you hear that, Mark? I mean, oh, I don't have time to hire. I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to build process. Well, okay. guess what? You're never going to have time to do anything else. And your business is not going to grow and the competitors are going to come and you're not going to have innovated and they will. And you're going to be gone, my friend. Well, so th- doesn't that head trash fuel the idea of I got to work harder? I'm I'm, I'm going to die. I can't. I don't have time to optimize. I don't have time. I got. I just got to work harder right now. I got to earn my way. I got to get some more money in the bank. I, I got to yeah. just. I just got to finish this one last thing. Yeah, and and, and but that's the thing. I th- I think once it's thinking that keeping working just to your max capacity will bring you the optimum results right versus here's the thing when you work out so i would tell you mark like you would go to the gym seven times a week and you will work out for four hours a week a day would you optimize your results i can tell you from personal experience that no <laughs> no it's a given it. you will not it does, it does not work no you will, not, uh, you will actually get smaller yeah, yeah. Even in even in my late teens and early twenties, uh, even six days of working and when mm-hmm. it was not, and so I learned that lesson lesson the hard way. That uh, you know, now in my forties, I get my best gains oftentimes with working out like three days a week max, yeah. and understanding how much recovery I need. You need re- recovery is one thing, but understanding understanding you know proper periodization, understanding yeah. how to for load management, you know rest and recovery. Periodization. There are three basic sports performance principles that we base that, that that our methodology is based on. Because what if you don't sequence your thing, you know, properly, like you you will not get the results. Like a collection of I have a friend who said, or you know, uh, Scott Abel used to say that all the time. It's like a, a collection of exercise doesn't make a program. That means you, if you go to the gym and work like whatever, you're like, oh, I'm going to do calves. And, oh, I'm going to do biceps. Oh, okay, well, now I feel like I'm going to do, I don't know, I'm going to train back. Well, if you don't have a specific sequence, if you don't have a specific order to things and you're in a consistent, you know, with them performing these tasks on, on a daily basis and there's things you might have to work every other day, etc. Like you will not get the results that you want. But when you work on that, it's not going to be perfect at first. But when you start to learn about yourself, learn about how you operate, learn how you know how much weight you can lift too. You know, this is how you're gonna become a better, you know, bodybuilder or better, you know, better shape. Right. Well, t- t- I'm gonna maybe take this analogy too far. So, so tell me if this if this doesn't fit because having having done many different workout things through the years, what I've discovered is as a beginner or somebody who's coming back after a long break or going into a new workout discipline that I haven't done in many years because I've done something different, like you know, going back to the gym and lifting mm-hmm. weights as opposed to cycling more commonly for the last couple of years, hitting the gym for the first time, you know, doing something pretty simple 
you know, some, some squats, deadlifts, pull-ups. That, that kind of is a big work. That, that kind of is the whole program at first. Mm-hmm. After a while, though, you, the refinement, the periodization, the optimization, the game, the game changes. Yeah. So understanding that like on day one, like anything is good. On day 20, something specific is better. Mm-hmm. On, on year three, a very finely tuned program must be in place. Because you, you, you get better. You know, it's periodization. But first of all, one, you adapt. So you adapt to, you mm-hmm. know, to your load. You can increase the, the workload. You know, it's not about work. See, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, they confuse activity for productivity. They're like, if I'm just doing as much as possible, I'm, that's what we said, you know, if I'm doing as much as possible, I'm going to get better results. And the thing is that it's not, it, it, it is not activity that's the main, you know, driver of growth. It is really understanding how you operate and understanding that it's a journey that every you're going to improve over time. Your capacity will improve over time, and as you get better, and as you understand, you know how. First of all, you understand what your strong points are, and you understand your weaknesses are. It's going to be a lot better to understand what needs to be improved, and what needs what you need to focus on. So I love that because I I think that. When you say 40 hours a week, that's too much. Let's, let's get everything that's important done in 20 hours, like the back of your book says. Uh, and a lot of people you know, prescribe this idea. I mean, Tim Ferriss, you know, the four-hour work week. <laughs> There's, I think people can perceive that a little bit as uh, frivolous or nice to have on, on another day. Mm-hmm. And what I've observed, and you're telling the story of I, I believe, is that um, if you want to change the outcome – you're going to have to know what to change. And for you mm-hmm. to know what to change, you're going to have to have a break in your routines because your routines are automatic and you're going to have to have some space to observe. And that's a big thing. Like in the EOS system, we talk about clarity breaks and like you've got to have that white space. And the white space to me is so critical because once you're at capacity, it's on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And whatever you've been getting, you're going to keep getting. And so if you don't want to change, if the trajectory's right and, and you li- if your life is perfect, don't change because you're going to keep getting that. I mean, truly, if it's working, don't mess with it. But if you want a different trajectory and you want something different, you have an obligation. You must observe. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to create space in those mm-hmm. routines and those habits and, 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 and find out what's going on. And even just the routines of your thinking. If you take like a 10-minute break, the thoughts you're about to think are probably pre-programmed and the same thoughts you've thought of like hundreds of times <laughs> before. So you're really going to have to create some real space and, and challenge your own thinking and ask that hard question, which is, I love this. My first favorite first question is, what am I actually doing? And then you can say, well, is it working? Mm-hmm. And is it, is it going the direction I want it to, to go? And those questions, as simple as they are, they require some space and some observation and some, some honesty. 100%. I think it's going to happen in two, uh, you know, there's two major pain points that every single entrepreneur is going to have, right? The first one is going to be when they, you know, grow, go from building to growing. So meaning like they go from, the, let's say, you, yeah. you see that a lot of them like, you know, building a business where, you know, from five to six figures, for example, where they're like, okay, well, what I've been doing is, yeah, I've led my, I, I'm, I'm capped, you know, I've, I've led the business there, 
but what I'm, what I've, how I've done that is not going to get me to the next level. And then there's that big stretch, the six figure stretch that you see like from, you know, most entrepreneurs going. And there's two case scenarios there. If you don't address the first pain point, you're going to go into what I call the burnout zone, right? Which is the problem is that you're going to keep stay busy, but it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And you're never going to get you know, to a place where you can actually scale the business. Or you can become into a nicer, you know, I would say lifestyle uh, type of zone, which actually is a lot more, you know, livable, where you can have that space, as you said, you can have that time to understand what you really want. And when you reach that second pain point that you will have no matter what, whether you're in the burnout zone or a lifestyle zone, you're going to have that pain point where that pre-scale, you know, pain point where you go, let's say, from six to seven figures, where you're going to need to now become a better team leader. It's not about being a good self-leader. It's being a big need to become a better team leader and implementing like systems like EOS, for example, in your business and different, you know, other upgrade your skill set. But this pain point can be extremely pain, painful if, first of all, one, it's not aligned with what you want. And second, if you haven't got the first pain point, you know, dialed, which is your self-leadership, right? You need to become a good responsible entrepreneur and understanding how to, you know, to manage yourself. And I think that's why your title and, you know, of the book appeals to a lot of people, just like the four hour work week, for example, it's not about working less. It's not about working less. It's about understanding the power of, of working, of, of working properly. You know, four hour work week, it's a book of systems. It's leverage. It's a book for leverage. You know, it's not about working four hours. It's about actually achieving real leverage in your business, right? And it's the same thing with done by noon. It's not necessarily to be done by noon. It's being done. It's if I would tell you, you would need to be done by noon. How would you structure your day? You know, what decisions will you have to make in order to make this happen? So now it changes the, the no, it changes the game because there's things that you will have to stop doing. And there are things that you will need to start, start, you know, putting attention on, you know. Yeah, I, I, I've read about that many times and, and, and experienced it in, in tactical ways. But the, the, the time that it brought it home for me most clearly was after I had sold the business. I, I sold the business and in the tr- six months after I sold the business, I had a job in, the, in the, the business that had bought mine. But they weren't asking a lot of me, which was good because I was going through a lot of difficult things in uh, – in my personal life. And so what I discovered is that I had, which seems like dis- disposing assets in the previous company and running around and doing things in my personal life, I had just like a tiny fraction of my day to get specific things done. And so I have a, had a traditional habit at that time of just sort of like the six priorities for the next day or so, and, and I would just yeah. start knocking them out the next day. And what I would discover is that like my, my time window of thinking I had eight hours would suddenly become, well, it's closer to six. And then, well, it's probably like four. And I would take this list and I would just be like, okay, there's, oh, I'm only going to get four things done. Well, okay, maybe two. Oh, okay. What is the one thing I need to get done today? And that became a routine. And I, and I just I didn't think a lot about it, but what I discovered was like 10 weeks down the line, I could not believe how much important stuff had gotten done with yeah. this very simple, all right, what's the one thing I got to do today? Everything else is going to be kind of chaos, but I'm going to do the one thing that moves the needle. Yeah. And it really brought the message home that like you choose well. <laughs> 
And this was a big contrast to what I call the infinite elasticity of time model, which is how I had been before, which was it's two o'clock. I'm supposed to have done three things by now, but it's still two o'clock. I can all, I was going to leave at six, but I'll just leave at seven and I'll get those other three things done. Well, then now it's four o'clock and I still haven't done those other things. And well, I'm, okay, I was going to leave at seven, but I'll get it at seven thirty. Well, now it's eight o'clock and I've not done any of those things. Now mm-hmm. I was busy the whole time. But I don't know on what. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the finite yes. approach, like I've only got till noon. What does that do to my prioritization? It's the exact, like the entrepreneur's like, I got more time. I'll work this weekend. I'll just stay a little bit later. That just fuels the drift. That, that's 100%. So you, you can get a lot done, but that doesn't need, mean that you have done the right things, you know, in your business, right? So understanding that, going from a place where I have to, you know, understand, if I want to make this happen, I have to understand how to use, you know, my finite resources. And when you understand that, and you, and you also understand that the four types of tasks, you can't escape them. You will have them at all times in your business, right? Uh, you know, going, thinking that you're only going to be working on just fun projects and then it's going to be done. I mean, it's utopia. I mean, it's not, it's not real life. It's not what entrepreneurs, you know, it's not your reality as an entrepreneur. You will have to deal with the four types of tasks. It's just how you attend them. It's how you organize them. It's how you plan them. You know, how you structure your schedule accordingly. And then, and accordingly, and according to what you want to see become a reality, to your desired outcome. You know, it's not about checking things as fast as possible and as many things as possible. It's on understanding, first of all, what you want to achieve. Yeah, and seeing how it connects into that. So you mentioned a couple times about like your, your day getting structured. What, what is a, How do you advise an entrepreneurial leader to structure their day? Is it, is it a per day? Is it, per, is it like each day of the week? Is it like you know, a morning routine and lunch routines? And you know, what, what are the types of structures? Because I've struggled to have any kind of sense of a daily routine after mm-hmm. my morning starts. Yeah. Like, like I, to me, my week is very it's different based on the week. I have a couple of week, week weeks, days mm-hmm. that are very consistent and some that are kind of like not consistent. My, my morning routine is very consistent. My evening routine is very, very consistent. But during the weekday, depending on the day, it can be very different. What do you recommend? Yeah, so first of all, I recommend working with uh, in 90-day cycles. So first mm-hmm. of all, when you try something, try it for 90 days. It's like a workout program. Do you like- get your money back? 90 days money 90 day money back guarantee <laughs> you just sounded like that no but you, you don't try it for 90 days risk free we'll get your money back if you don't like that if you don't like this but, you don't have your best night's sleep on this pillow 90 days money back there you go Sorry. but but honestly like it takes some time to understand like how to evolve you know and that means like you're going to work 90 days you're going to look back and say okay that worked that didn't work it's just creating the right structure for you the key is like first of all one understand the four types of tasks and understand how to you know, address them through a day. For, for me, I'm a typical done by noon type of guy where all my, so all the four types of tasks are addressed before noon. So my rocks, my project, I have 90 day a 90 minute um, block of time, you know, for that, for my, 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 um, my projects every single day. So, and that's my main priority. I work on my projects consistently. So I know that my business moves forward. I have a set of routines. So usually, um, so there's two types of routines that I have, which take about 30 minutes each, depending. Sometimes it's going to change as well, because sometimes I'm going to change routines. Let's say I'm going to do one routine for 90 days. Let's say social media. I'm going to do X thing on social media for 90 days every day. But then I might, you know, 
optimize that and might hand it, hand it off to someone else, you know, if it's optimized, right? So I can do that. But I have usually 60 minutes for routine. So things that are mandatory for the well-being, operational well-being of the company um, that I'm going to do. Then I have times for uh, reactive tasks. So all that are tasks that are reactive based on, first of all, the week, like at the start of the week, we have our meeting, uh, team meeting, and we understand, okay, what are the things that, you know, that were reactive last week that we have put in that pot? We call that Fiona's desk. So it's, so it's a, it's a fictional desk. And pretty much it's a place where you're going to put your tasks. So all the things that, you know, you might have reactive that your team might say, okay, well, let's do it now, right? And for example, your assistant would come to you, Mark, saying, oh, Mark, we have this and that. But it's not necessarily that important. And that can wait until our meeting. Um, We put that onto a fictional desk called Fiona's desk. And we picture Fiona as an old mean woman. And when you put your file, you know, your task on Fiona's desk, she will not allow you to touch this task until the next uh, weekly meeting. And when we have mm. the weekly meeting, she does. She leaves her desk, and you can take that task. And what we do, and Fiona is an acronym for figure it out and next action, meaning that okay, well, let's look at it. And what was the task? Can it be solved, you know, quickly, or who will need to take ownership of that, right? And then we move that to our to do list, our team to do list, and we just uh, we just move, you know, uh, the uh, the task forward. So I have that, but there's also tasks that you know I'm going to have. That are going to appear on Wednesday, and then I'm going to need to do for you know t- Thursday because they they happen. Oh, I need to ship this box to you know our client because he needs that urgently. Okay, fine, you know that's okay. But as the key is like not to have an extensive list of reactive tasks, right? So usually there's a limited number of tasks, so limited by the number, but also limited by the time allotted to that. And uh, there's times for communication, so emails, um, so meetings, and uh, different calls and everything. So that's my day when I start. So that's my done by noon structure typical. That doesn't mean that I'm actually done working by noon. I could if I wanted to because all all the things technically are tended to. But, you know, I love speed in my business. I love to innovate in my business. I love to actually move forward in my business doing different things. I love, for example, have going on interviews with, you know, great podcast hosts like, you know, Mark Anderson Leary. So in the afternoons, for example, you look at Tuesday afternoons, this is my time to record, you know, podcast interviews, right? So I take that time because I know that's going to move the needle you know, forward. It's another type of routine that I have, you know, but it's different all the time. Right. But so I, I do that and I block my time accordingly. And um, and there you go. And it changes, but it lo- allows me to have space. It allows me to move things around. You know, it's not uh, it's not a rigid environment. I can move these blocks of time, you know, like when, where, where I want. For me, like it works for me, like the done by noon type, like typical, I would say done by noon framework works. But that doesn't mean that I would take, you know, my routines and I would perform them in the afternoon. They're, they're just blocks that you can that you can move around. Let's say I have a doctor's appointment on Wednesday morning. Well, guess what? I'm going to move these blocks and put them yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that that's the key, right? So it's being too rigid is, is, is actually a big mistake. You know, it's understanding that things can move. At the end of the week, what matters is that the things that needed to be done are done and are done right. 
at the end of the week. Yeah, but so that's interesting. Uh, I think S- Stephen Covey pointed out this idea of the week is a very human, logical time frame. Like a day is too many variables. Like if, if you're expecting everything to get done on a yeah. certain day, it's, it's too, too rigid. You can't wait a month. But if you put a pile of, of significant initiatives in the to-do category in a week-sized bucket, that allows a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of dynamic, a little bit of things to go wrong, and you can pretty much knock them all out by a week, and, which works really well in the EOS world, the level 10, to-dos being a week. And so mm-hmm. the, the week is kind of that logical block of, of progress at the smallest granular level. It is. You know, it's why, you know when, when you look at, at, at periodization, there's three cycles. There's the macro, the meso, and the micro cycle. And when you look at the macro, which would be, let's say, your year, you know, what you want to see become a reality within your year. And you go with the mesocycle, which is, you know, your quarter, you know, the, the key projects that you're going to need to do this quarter. Here's what you're going to need to do. And then you go micro, your week, your days. Sometimes the micro improvements are not noticeable. They're mm-hmm. only going to be noticeable at a meso level and then at a macro level. So that's why I always work into 90 day cycles that I can then look back and say, okay, well, that worked or that did not work or I need to change this and I need to change that. For example, when you have kids, things change. You know, you're not able to <laughs> you're not able to manage your schedule. Yes, like, they do. You know what I mean, Mark? So it's, for example, for me, I like, for, when I wrote Done By Noon, for example, one of the habits that I, uh, I got into was waking up earlier to actually perform, you know, my, 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 my uh, writing. And that was part of my bucket. So most of my buckets were actually finishing writing the book. So all the milestones were actually broken down into actions. And then, but I was doing that early in the morning before the kids were actually awake. And that allowed me to work, you know, write my book without being, I needed that, that, that space before the world started. Right. That doesn't mean that I need to wake up at five in the morning every single day forever. It was convenient because it served the purpose of what I wanted to achieve. And after that, you know, it was done. And now I'm pretty much, I think, you know, seven-ish now, you know, pretty much with the kids. And now my first task is actually after the kids are sent to school and prepared and, you know, I can start. And that's fine. You know, it's just a matter of context. And I readjust based on context. And on the grand scheme of things, I look at the macro level and, hey, we wrote the book and we did this and we did that, you know, and we saw progress. But it's just understanding yeah. the context. The, yeah, the seasons of life. Uh, I think uh, I learned that from Rory Vaden. I don't know if you have any Rory stuff, but uh, he's got a couple of good things out there. But he talks about this idea of the seasons of life as the antidote to this concept of um, balance. He's like, you know, mm. like uh, most entrepreneurs kind of viscerally react to the concept of, val- of, of, of balance as some sort of social criticism of, of working too hard. Uh, and I think there's some truth to that. And the idea of balance is, is not really realistic, but he Rory calls it seasons of life and I think that's a good example to me I, I love the example of a recipe you know if you if you put the recipe together and it's then there's sugar and flour and butter and you come up with mm-hmm. a pound cake that's great and if you taste the sugar go you know it's sugar tastes great let's put some more in there and you keep increasing the sugar eventually it's no longer a cake and it's a, a it's closer to a hard candy yeah. which is fine if you want a hard candy yeah. you just got to know what you want so that concept of discipline having to start with what do you want mm-hmm. and your point of 90 days is you need need to reassess what you want and what's appropriate right all now all the time at le- all the time 90 days at least we ask you to actually look at your annual guideline and redo it every 90 days because guess what 90 days have passed now you have a new 12 month period in front of you 
So technically, yeah. things might have changed, right? And your perspective on things might have changed. You don't know. But the thing is that 90 days is long enough for you to make adjustments, but long enough for you to actually see progress. And, yeah. and because the problem is that when you try to switch quickly, like, oh, that's not working or whatever. Like, like for example, you, you go and you do, I don't know, bench press and then, oh, my shoulders hurt. I'm going to switch completely my whole workout. <laughs> but you realize that yeah. it's not because of the bench press. It's because you're doing your biceps curls wrong and that causes inflammation in your shoulders. And you're like, you know what? You, like don't change it like really understand okay it's like okay i'm gonna need to rest that temporarily but i'm gonna stick on plan you know and 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 as long as you do that and you stay consistent and disciplined it's a compound effect you know it's on this it's a success is a series of small things done done well and done over yeah. time and you know after 90 days a year and 20 years later you look back and you're like wow you know i actually accomplished things i'm really proud of and i'm where I want to go. It's different Absolutely. from where I envisioned yeah. 20 years ago. Right. But I'm where yeah, I want yeah. to go. Because it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's like going to vacation. Like you, you go to a vacation spot and you imagine it in your head how it's going to look like. And you get there, it's different, but it's still nice. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good but, point. Yeah. But it, it's different, right? And it's always like that. Yeah. So we're going to be out of time in a minute, but I want to hit one last point before we, and uh, in, in, anything else you want to kind of cram in. But how do you leverage assistance? Like an assistant, an executive assistant, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of, how does that uh, fit into your system? Oh, my God. It's, uh, it's actually one of the things that we, we, we teach you how to do in the system because the problem is actually the lack of system, the lack of systems, the lack of structure prevents you from actually doing a good job with an assistant. And more than often, what you see, the big mistake we see, a rookie mistake when you first hire someone is that you're going to dump a lot of tasks on someone's plate. You're going to be done that. I don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it didn't sound anything like I'm so glad you're finally here. Yeah, but the, you can. <laughs> but but the and, and and then they're like, you're like, this is about to be bad. You you got three months or three weeks or yeah. three years of bent of pent up tasks and broken stuff that like this person is expected to fix. But yeah, because you're 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 not improving anything. You're just dumping. So what we teach you is actually to start building routines. So just the way you would build, you know, personal routines like, you know, okay, I'm going to eat, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to get, you know, proper hydration. And we teach that in the methodology too. It's part of like, yeah, you need to do that for yourself, but you're going to need to do that with your work as well. And showing actually how to, when you optimize your routines, this is how you can build, you know, procedures that someone can do, you know, can perform for you. So, um, obviously, there's a big learning curve, and it's not native to entrepreneurs. It's not something that most entrepreneurs are going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm naturally great at delegating tasks or outsourcing tasks, right? So, we, we, so first of all, yeah, we ask you to document your, your week, so understanding, okay, where you spend most of your time. But then, from there, it's understanding which ones should be either delegated, outsourced, or automated. And there's a process to do that. So there's a we have the DOA map in the in the book where we show actually the, the mental process that we use to do that, oh, okay. and, um, and yeah, you can you can do. I think you know done properly. I think most entrepreneurs can do really really well with just like one assistant. You know, one beginner integrate that. That's because here's the thing: this is training grounds for when you're going to be working with an integrator. 
later down the road if you implement EOS. It's the same thing. You're going to work with an assistant the same way, like, you know, kind of, that's going to be a good training ground for that. Yeah, so I, I love that because I think that we all have to have these skills to as visionaries to make it easy for other people to help. Uh, I, they have to be able to be enrolled in the vision, and if they get caught up in, in what we think is amazing, uh, it's no good. If they if they can't participate, uh, consume, or help contribute to making it possible, and as visionaries who get so uptight and, and uh, possessive of, of the process and the vision – we just exclude people and, we, and we're working against ourselves and the ability to create a bigger team and a bigger tribe of people who are participating and making it real. So starting at any level to make it easier for people to, to do their part is so, uh, so important. 100%. Well, look, man, we're about out of time, but uh, is there anything else we, uh, you wanted to add to the conversation? Mark, I think we went in great, great lengths about, about everything. Obviously, you know, it's like, it's like everything else. I cannot just lay down the whole, you know, strategy and, and methodology in front of you verbally like that. You would have to, to read it and, and understanding. We have different tools too for entrepreneurs. Like we have the, the Epic Planner. I think you, uh, you have a copy too. Yeah, um, so yeah, it, it's uh, the, the person. Leather like, leather like binding. It's really nice. I, I, I love the, the planner. It's very cool. Thank you. Thank and you. And the companion. But for the book, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. So once you understand it, and uh, the, the 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 planner becomes the extension of it. The, the goal is really to understand how to operate as you know, as 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 a as, as a lead self leader, uh, as an entrepreneur, and um, and yeah, and from there, you know, you can go to Mark and implement EOS and be actually make his life a lot easier because he doesn't have to deal with your bad ways of you know, leading yourself. <laughs> well, Dave, I appreciate all you've shared. And uh, so given all you've experienced, especially over the last year, it's been an interesting year for everybody. What is your <laughs> passionate plea for entrepreneurs right now? Work right. Work right. You know, work based on what you want to accomplish, your own ambitions. Don't fall into... You know, ambition, appropriating yourself, you know, ambitions of, of other people. You have to do what's right for you, whether it's growing a $100 million business or running a $100,000 business a year. There's no right or wrong. There's only right for you. And and reconnect with that. You know, I think we, we just venture in, in we venture on, on paths we are not, we don't have to drive on. You know what I mean? It's not because you have these type, and it goes both ways. You know, it's not because you are you want a small business that you are you lack ambitions. It's not because you want to build a huge business that you just think about yourself. It you know, there's so many ways to look at it. Just do what's right for you, and yeah, there's, yeah there's no right or wrong. Just what's right for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hesitate from giving advice, but I've definitely early stage entrepreneurs have asked me for advice. And the one piece of a, a true advice I give them, I say, look, this is your ship. Yeah. Like you, you think I'm smart or you think I'm stupid. That doesn't matter which one, but you got to live with the outcome. And if you've got somebody else who's giving you advice mm-hmm. and you're trying to weigh, because that's usually, oh, I'm getting this advice, I'm getting that advice. So look, it's you're going to be the one whose name's at the bottom. It's going to be your life when it's over. It needs to be true for you, right or wrong. If it's a fail, it needs to be on your terms. If it's success, it needs to be on your terms. And so whatever you, you have to own it and get comfortable with making those decisions for yourself. And so This is how you're going to create your best work. You know, yeah. and it all comes back to creating your best work. And once you yeah. do that, whether you, 
you uh, impact 10 people or you impact you know, 10,000 people. The key is that your work is so good that it impacts people in the best way possible. So this will have a snowball effect in the future. You know, don't see it as quantity, see it as quality. And um, the quality of your work and what you create will dictate how good of an entrepreneur you are regardless of your financial results. Well, Dave, I'm grateful for everything you've shared, all your wisdom. How does somebody continue the conversation with you? How do they find the book? The Where do they find the stuff? You know, Where do they go from here? Donebynoonbook.com to grab the book. Uh, we're handing out free copies right now, so you can go take a look. Uh, Effic.co, E-F-F-I-C.co um, to, to see what we do at Effic. And DaveRuel.com, so D-A-V-E-R-U-E-L.com to connect with me. And uh, you can... Talk to me on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm a pretty reachable guy. So, Awesome, awesome. Well, Dave, I'm grateful. Such good stuff. Uh, we'll talk very soon. Uh, in the meantime, uh, that's it for today. Please do remember to subscribe and share with your friends who can use this. Everybody can use a little more control of their life and their business. Uh, make sure uh, you give us feedback, good and bad, everything. We love every piece of feedback you can give us. It's all awesome for us. We will see you next time on You're Doing It Wrong with me, Mark Henderson Leary. This is You're Doing It Wrong with Mark Henderson Leary. For more episodes and to subscribe, go to leary.cc.